You're listening to the Enterprise Mobile Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Manesh Lash. Welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm going to be covering the Apple WWDC 2015 keynote and some of the mobile-related announcements that were made. So the two things I'm going to be covering are iOS 9, which is the newest version of the mobile operating system that runs on uh, iPhones, iPod Touches, and iPads. And I'll be covering uh, WatchOS 2, which is the OS for the Apple Watch. Uh, those are the two uh, pieces I'm going to cover. So let's take a look at iOS 9 first. Uh, there were some improved uh, applications. Uh, uh, there were some new and updated apps for the platform. So let's go through them one by one. Um, the first app is News, which looks like a Flipboard competitor. So basically, you're going to be able to put in your preferences for different news sources on blogs that you're interested in, and it's going to create like a custom magazine for you. So that's brand new. It sounds like this might be a replacement for the Newsstand app that's currently on the OS. So we'll see how good that is, but it looks to be a Flipboard competitor. So the Notes app on iOS has also had some changes being made to it. It's been given a lot more uh, capabilities. So instead of just plain text editing, you can now add photos to the app. You can have checklists, sketches, maps, and URLs. So really it's going to start to look like a competitor to OneNote or Evernote. So that's Notes for iOS. Uh, the other thing that they've added was a, a new app called uh, Move to iOS for Android. Uh, let's actually talk about that later on. There's a section I have on Android, so let's just skip that one for now. Uh, the other changes were to the Maps app. So basically, the iOS Maps app are going to have uh, transit directions added. So if you live in a city with uh, a subway system like New York or London, you're going to be able to look at the uh, transit system uh, directions on there. Uh, Maps is also going to get a nearby capability. So if you are in a particular location, it can give you suggestions for nearby food, drinks, and shopping. So kind of adding some Google Now type functionality uh, to the Maps. Uh, The Passbook app on iOS is going away. It's going to be replaced by a new app called Wallet. So it's basically a rebranding. So so Wallet is going to be basically whatever is in Passbook today. So... All your Apple Pay cards uh, are going to be in there. Uh, Wallet also adds support for Discover and Store cards. So your Target credit cards or uh, whatever store cards that different merchants offer, those are going to be uh, compatible with Apple Pay. And also loyalty cards. So if you can get, you can get, uh, you can collect points from Panera Bread or from Dunkin' Donuts and get reward points. So that's going to be really exciting for Wallet. It's kind of interesting that Passbook is now being renamed to Wallet, Apple Wallet. And Google is now moving away from Google Wallet and going to Android Pay. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, There were some uh, CarPlay-related announcements made. Uh, Basically, uh, most of the time today, you have to use a wire to connect your iPhone to the car. So you're going to be able to do that wirelessly. And CarPlay is now going to have support for manufacturer apps. So a car manufacturer like VW could have an app to control um, air conditioning and other settings within the car itself. So hopefully that's going to make CarPlay a lot more useful. It's not just going to be the third-party apps that Apple or the App Store provides. The manufacturer can also provide their own apps. 
Um, Apple also announced uh, an Apple uh, Music app and service. So basically, it's a streaming music service, kind of like Spotify. Uh, but they have a couple of unique components. Uh, Apple Music has three components. It's got a 24-hour streaming radio station. And there's a subscription music service. And there's a kind of like a social network for artists called uh, Connections, I think. So it's a way for you to find out about what your artists, your favorite artists are up to and, and follow what they're doing. So that's kind of interesting. The most interesting part of Apple Music is is, is that they're going to have an app for Android as well. So that's kind of interesting. Apple will now have two apps available on Android. So let's cover the other Android app. So Apple Music will be on Android and also an app called Move to iOS. Basically, if you're an Android user today and you want to move to iOS, this app will help you uh, migrate all your data settings and apps to iOS. So your music, your, some of your data is going to migrate that to iOS and it's going to suggest, it's basically going to add all the apps that you have on Android to a wish list on the iOS side of things. So that should be good for iOS adopters or converters from Android. So Siri also got some updates. Siri is a lot smarter and intelligent now. Uh, Siri is now able to understand more accurately uh, what you're speaking. And the results that Siri gives are going to be context sensitive. So whatever results that Siri gives you is now going to be sensitive to relevant people, places nearby, suggested app, apps, and what's in the news. So for relevant people, if you're asking something about a meeting, it's going to suggest potential people to invite. Uh, if you're asking a question about a location, it's going to suggest places near that location. And it's also going to suggest apps to uh, perform something that you're asking Siri to do. Uh, another new capability of Siri is search within apps. So you're going to be able to do a search within an app if that app developer offers that capability. And Siri is also going to have deep linking capabilities. So if you do a search from within Siri, and then you have a search result for something within an app, you're going to be able to jump directly to that app, to that piece of content. So that's really, really useful. Uh, we'll have to see how much work it is on the developer side to adopt that. See, the, the, the rest of the announcements for iOS tell around the iPad. So let's kind of go over some productivity improvements to iOS that are going to really make a difference for iPad. So three key things that were added to iPad uh, were slide over, split view, and picture in picture. So there are new ways to do multitasking on the iPad. So slide over is a way that you can have a second app uh, open on top of your existing application. So for example, if you're using a, an eBay app, and then you want to pull over the Messages app, you're going to be able to do a swipe from the right-hand side and slide over the secondary app. So uh, the good thing about the, uh, the slide over and split view, uh, as a matter of fact, is that developers really don't need to make any changes if they've been using size classes and the new ways of laying out your iOS apps that were introduced in iOS 8. So as long as, you use, uh, as long as you're using size classes and auto layout in your app, your apps are going to work fine, which is really good. 
So SlideOver is available is going to be available on all the iPad devices that iOS 9 supports. Split View is a capability for multitasking that's only available on iPad Air 2. So it's basically a way to have two apps on the screen at the same time. So you could have a web browser on one screen and you could have the email app on the other. So kind of interesting, it's only specific to iPad Air 2. I wonder if there's a technical limitation with that, but that's going to be another useful feature. Uh, another feature they have is called Picture in Picture. So if you're watching a video or you're using FaceTime and you tap the home button, the video is going to scale down into a corner of your display. And then you're going to be able to open another app and your video continues to play. So this is really a good way for you to do some other activity on your iPad while still watching the video uh, in the bottom of the screen. So that pretty much covers most of productivity. There was one other feature. Uh, there was something called, uh, uh, there was some new capabilities added to QuickType. So basically the, the keyboard on the iPad has some new enhancements. So for example, there's some cut and paste and some other shortcuts added to the iPad keyboard. And there's a way to make text selection easier. You're going to be able to use the iPad screen uh, kind of like a trackpad to make text selection easier. So those are all really, really handy features and makes the iPad much more of a productivity tool. So that kind of covers all the iPad-related announcements. Uh, there's something called productivity. So productivity is the way iOS 9 is going to do things for you uh, proactively. So based on the apps you use commonly and the time of day, you'll get suggestions of what you might want to do next, even before you ask. So for example, when you plug in your headphones, it's going to suggest the music app that you listen to most of the time. Uh, there were a lot of under-the-cover under the cover enhancements made to iOS 9, so a lot of engineering underneath the OS itself. So let's kind of, uh, kind of run through what improvements have been made. Uh, the platform has been re-engineered to have a more responsive performance. Updates are going to be easier. There's going to be better battery life and tighter security. So that, that iOS device you have today is going to work much better. Apple has a much more wider coverage for iOS 9. Anything that runs iOS 8 is going to be supported. So even your older devices running iOS 8 today are going to run faster with iOS 9, which is welcome for things like the, the original iPad mini. Uh, the, re the performance improvements also mean you're going to get one extra hour of battery life, which is great. The actual OS updates are going to be a lot smaller, which is really good. So if you remember when iOS 8 was released, there was a, almost a 4 gigabyte download for the update. Now it's 1.3 gigabytes. So that's going to be really good. Another new feature is iOS 9 apps now use Metal. So they'll be much more faster and responsive. If you, if you remember, Metal was introduced last year for a way to have a better performance in iOS gaming. So now that's applicable to the entire OS. So everything should feel a lot faster and more responsive. There were some security updates made. Um, you're going to be able to have six-digit passcode. So instead of the four-digit passcode you have today, you're going to have six. And that's going to be two-factor authentication enabled for iCloud services. So that pretty much covers all the iOS 9 announcements. 
Uh, let's look at the, what, what device is going to be compatible. So basically on the iPhone side, iPhone 4S and above will be compatible. On the iPad side, iPad Air and above, so iPad Air, iPad Air 2, the iPad Mini and above, so iPad Mini, Mini 2, Mini 3, and the iPad 2, and iPad 2nd generation, 3rd generation, and 4th generation, and also the iPad Touch 5th generation. So that's a really, really good selection of devices that are going to have uh, support. So one of the good things about iOS 9 is the, they've engineered how the OS is designed to work for different devices. So there's now like a core OS, core OS that works across all the devices, and then they add capabilities one by one. Uh, so this is going to result in a much faster running OS. So let's see how, how things work out when they come out, but it, this all sounds to be really, really good uh, performance benefits for the user. So I want to mention uh, there were two apps that Apple announced for the Android ecosystem. So I think this is the first time that we've had an acknowledgement from Apple about the Android ecosystem. I think they realized that like, Android is now like the Windows platform back in the day. So they have to have some support for Android. So Apple Music is going to be an Android. So the subscription music service will be there. And they have a new move to iOS app for migrating users from one platform to the other. So that pretty much covers all the phone and tablet news from Apple. Uh, I'm now going to go into some Apple Watch coverage. So basically, there was a new version of the, the Watch operating system announced called Watch OS 2. It's out in preview today to developers. It'll be out in the fall uh, this year. The same, go, same goes for iOS 9. iOS 9 also comes out in the fall. So basically, Watch OS 2 now allows you to write native apps, native watch apps. So up until today, you've had watch apps that were not native. You basically had a UI running on the actual watch and your code ran on the phone. Now you can actually move the code running on the phone onto the watch itself. So that's going to be really, really useful. It's going to mean that your, your watch apps are going to be more responsive and you're going to have more capabilities. So Apple is going to give you access to things like the heart rate monitor, uh, the accelerometer, a lot, lot more access to the native features of the watch. Some new watch faces were announced. So there were three new watch faces. There was one that was the photo watch face. So basically you can pick any photo and that can be your watch face. There was a photo album. So if you pick a photo album on your device, you'll get a new photo every time you raise your watch. So that's going to be handy and useful. And something called time lapse. So Apple's going to provide a selection of Timelapse watch faces, of which are basically different cities around the world, which were photographed over time. So based on the time of day that you look at your watch face, will be the, the picture that you see uh, for that watch face. So that looks really, really cool. Uh, they've got a selection of, like I think, six or seven different cities, including London and New York. Let's, now let's talk about complications. So... Complications are really important pieces of information that, that are within your watch face. So for example, you can add things like calendar events and times in other, other countries. So now watchOS 2 is going to give developers the capability to add their own complications. So basically when you build a watch app, you can add support for custom complications. So this is going to be really, really useful. If you're a car manufacturer, you can add a little uh, complication for checking the battery in your car. 
or if you're airline, you could add a complication to check the status of your flight. So that's going to be really, really useful. Another new feature that they added in watchOS is time travel. So basically, you can turn the digital crown on the watch face. You can turn the digital crown and see what's happening in the future and in the past. So basically, as you turn the digital crown, you're going to be able to see your appointments that are coming up and the weather in the future, or whether in the past or um, events in the past. The feature looks cooler than it sounds, so this is going to be really, really useful. Uh, watchOS also adds a uh, nightstand mode. So basically, whenever you put your watch uh, down for charging, you're going to be able to turn it into a nightstand and alarm clock. So that's going to be really useful if, you're, if you charge your watch by your bedside, you can be able to use it like an alarm clock. So that looks really, really, clude, really, really cool. Again, since watchOS 2 is native, you're going to have a much better experience of using apps on the Apple Watch. The apps will be richer and more engaging. They'll load faster, do more, and take advantage of more hardware capabilities. So some of the APIs that Apple now provides to developers natively for Apple Watch apps are things like the Taptic Engine, the Digital Crown, the Accelerometer, the Heart Rate Monitor, Speaker, Microphone. So you're really going to be able to get some really, really cool apps. For example, you can use the Accelerometer to measure the swing of a golf, to measure the speed of a golf swing. So there's going to be some really, really cool apps uh, coming out in the future. Also, Apple made some changes to the built-in apps. So let's kind of go through, uh, run down through some of those changes. Uh, the email application, previously you were able to read your email on the watch. Now you're going to be able to reply to email, which is going to be cool. Um, if you remember the, uh, the friend, the circle of friends on the watch, that was limited to that one screen. Now you're going to be able to have multiple circles. So you could have a circle for work, circle for personal. Kind of like how Google Plus circles work. So that's going to be really handy. Uh, the sketching feature of the uh, watch is going to have color support now. So instead of a single color, you can have multiple colors. Uh, the Maps app on the watch is going to be able to have transit information. So subway and bus scheduling. And route information. Uh, again, the same updates to iOS 9 for Apple Pay also apply to the watch. So you're going to be able to add the... Uh, the uh, store cards and the loyalty cards to your Apple Pay on your watch. And also, Siri is going to have the same type of updates that you have for iOS 9. And additional things for the watch are things like you can ask it to start a specific workout. You can ask Siri to check your glances and get transit information. And the last major feature for watchOS 2 is... Uh, you're going to be able to have activation lock enabled on your watch. So just like your iPhone, with activation lock, if your watch is stolen, you're going to be able to lock the device and make sure that information stays safe. So that's basically all the announcements made by Apple for watchOS 2 and iOS 9. Uh, that covers everything mobile-related. There were some iOS, there were some OS X. Um, announcements made, but I'm not going to cover those for this podcast since we're focused on mobile. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the content. Content. Hope you enjoyed the content this week. Till next time. Bye bye.